to show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of All The Mats Podcast. And this week on the podcast, I know normally I have a lot of Instagram friends that come on here and be my guests. And I enjoy that. I love you guys from Instagram. But sometimes I like to get teammates on here, too. Because a lot of times it'll be either teammates I've been training with for years. And it's like, yo, let's sit down and just talk. And then there are teammates that, you know, they're brand new. And it's like, oh, my God. You seem like a fascinating story. I want to know that story. There are teammates that you train with, you encounter, you see them, and then you disappear, and then you come back, and that teammate has grown, and you want to know so much more about that growth, and that's what we have today. So my guest for this episode is going to be Mr. Kai Rivera, and Kai is one of my teammates who train at Crazy 88s, and I was, like I said, out. I, I saw Kai in the beginning. I was like, oh, my God, like he he loves this. He's in. He's in. I disappear for a while, come back, and Kai's got his blue belt, and Kai's out there helping with the class. I was like, oh, my God, like look at this man growing. So so proud of him. So, Kai, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you feeling? Hey, good afternoon, Dante. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be on here. Feeling awesome, ready to go. Good, good. And thank you for making the time. You got a busy schedule with just life, training, competing and everything. So I appreciate you making the time to sit down with me and just converse. So thank you. Yeah, Uh, I appreciate it. So uh, I I guess really just kind of the get to know you phase since, you know, we're having you on for the first time. Uh, What got you into martial arts, jujitsu, anything in a Like, when did this start for you? Yeah, so the short answer is I started jujitsu almost two years ago. The long answer was that I was born in Okinawa, Japan, to a Japanese mother and an American U.S. uh, Air Force father. And Okinawa, as you may have heard, is the birthplace of Okinawan karate or karate, right? So, like, Cobra Kai, Karate Kid, all that stuff is in Okinawa. That's where my family's from, you know. Um, I started doing karate probably when I was... 11 years old or so and trained for a couple of years while I was still living there and earned a first degree black belt, which is called the Shodan. And it's different because as some of the, the listeners might know, jujitsu black belt is takes a long time. It's like 10 years plus in karate, taekwondo and other martial arts. It's often the sign of the, uh, the end of the beginner phase, right? So in, in, in Okinawan karate, uh, the Shodan is the first, degree it's the end of the beginner stage it's almost it's very similar to blue belt in a way where you know the fundamentals you know what you got to do now it's time to earn those other degrees and start getting more advanced so um even though i can say i have a black belt in okinawan karate in the birthplace it's more of like hey i got the fundamentals i I can handle myself in striking uh but by no means am i like a super duper expert so to to sum it up karate and traditional martial arts have been in my life since i was a little baby and when I moved over to the States post-COVID, I wanted to find a way to um, get back into martial arts. And Crazy 88 Severna Park was right up the road. So I, I dropped in for a no-gi class and I signed up for a year like right after, like the, the night of. And I, you might have been there, Dante. You might have been there on the first class or maybe a couple uh, of the first sessions. So I do remember you from the very beginning. And so you may have seen me as a fresh trial 
white belt. Yeah, I remember you coming in like at, at least the first week. And I remember, you know, you, you, you know, you can see you're trying to get your footing, trying to figure it out. But the one one of the unique things about you training was that you didn't seem to have like fear or hesitancy. It, it, like I see a lot of, you know, your know, first week, you know, grapplers come in and it's really a game of like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to mess up. And it wasn't like you just jumped in and just started going, but you know, it's like if we say, Hey, you know, try doing this, you picked it up, you know, you're like, okay, I'll try like versus some people like, oh, I can't do that. Like, well, you haven't even tried to do it. Whereas you were like, you know, you know, like tripping is always kind of that early one that people have this weird, like they either know how to do it or they, they, their body moves where they don't know how to do it or they want to be the fastest shrimper. And I never felt that with you, um, you know, in those early stages, like, and, and even when I would pop in from time to time and, and even seeing on Instagram, just watching your growth and seeing it's like, you know, I could see those, those branches starting to, you know, kind of expand and grow. I was like, okay, this guy's in it for the long haul. He he's here. Like he's not just a I'm I'm just doing this, you know, for funsies. Like I want to learn. So good on you, yeah. man. Thank you. So what what I'm hearing is that like some of the things that uh separates not a casual necessarily, but but somebody who does it for lifestyle might be the way they approach training, right? Mm -hmm. Or class. So like since I did martial arts since I was a little kid and other traditional sports. I was used to listening to the coaches and being very aware of my body, right? I did that for however many years prior to class. But now that I'm, uh, you know, assistant coaching the children, I can see what, where you're coming from, where it's like some kids got it. They know how to move their body and they're, they're willing to accept feedback or criticism and go for it. Some of the other kids they might be having an off day. They might have some stuff going on at home. This is like their third or fourth activity. They're going through the motions and you can see it. So as an adult, uh, coming to class is, is part of my release. You know, a lot of us have full-time jobs and we go to class for the lifestyle, to hang out with friends, get some training, get choked out a little bit and, uh, and have some fun. For the children, it's a little different. The motivations are different. So uh, I, I can totally see where you can perceive um, how somebody's doing martial arts. Um, and what I, one of the things, just what I, what I noted was that um, I do post some things on Instagram and I do film my matches to show the progression, right? So when I was um, a white belt, I filmed the tournament matches. And now I can look back and say, wow, that was really bad. But, oh, I tried that move. If I had a little bit more practice, it'd be good. So I do it more for record keeping. And sometimes there's a funny moment or a cool moment that you can post, you know, for some clout. Uh, but these days, it's more for um, it's more for improvement and also to share some some stupid moments if I get caught in like a caught in a crucifix for five minutes and I, and I was winning, you know, how do I end up there? I try to uh, make fun of myself a lot. I think that's an important thing when it comes to social media and, and just growth in general, we always see the highlights. We always see people doing great. You know, we always see the great things and every so often you get someone that will post where they messed up. They did, I just had a friend, he sent me a video. He, he was at the ADCC trials and he got he got murked and he he sent it to me he's like can you repost this i was like oh <laughs> um 
okay i i will but are you sure it was like yeah just you know just starting your stories you know i think it's important you know like you said to see that growth to see where you came from and then when you actually you know look at it later on compared to where you are just you know see you know what you figured out how you figured it out and you know practice practice makes better you know I, i'm not crazy about that term practice makes perfect because you know it like i'm not a believer of like nothing's perfect but you know you, you say practice makes perfect and you got you know people believing like if i keep doing this i'll be perfect no you'll get better for sure i don't know if we'll ever be perfect we're human kai we're human we are um <laughs> what i was uh thinking of when you were saying that was that uh um the social media part is very how do you say it's tricky because it does impact mental health, does impact relationships with people. My goal for social media is to stay connected with people and have a lot of fun, right? That's that's my main my main mantra. So when it comes to jujitsu, uh, I was thinking about it kind of like uh, when you talk about practice, practice makes better. I remember when I was a kid, I think everybody's grandma or grandpa did this, like you'd stand up on the wall and they'd mark your height <laughs> on the wall or something like that. So for jujitsu, you know, belts and stripes are like that. But sometimes even just looking at technique, you can see uh, one thing a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit taller. And for the the bloopers and the fails, I like funny stuff. So I think it's I think it, it takes a, 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 some sort of personality, some, some type of craziness to be able to post you at your lowest, not to humiliate yourself, but just to be like, hey, Things happen. Sometimes I'm on top. Sometimes I'm on the bottom. Uh, you know, literally, right, with the positions. But also, you know, sometimes with jujitsu, you get in these crazy, weird positions where there's a there's a butt in the face, or there's a foot in the mouth, or there's something goofy. And I think it's fun to think about how extraordinary is it that we're coming here to to willingly suffer, simulate war, and at the end, we're, we're not enemies at all. We actually get closer to the people usually, yeah. uh, especially if, if they're teammates, you know, like like you and I. So the social media part is is tough because we're not perfect. Like you said, we're all human. But if we try to just get 1% better, 1% better, then that mantra or that, that idea of practice makes better will show. For sure. And just so everybody knows, my wife still marks my daughter's heights every birthday she marks her height and it's like my daughter's always excited like oh hey let's see how much taller i get so um i i think the metric of you know being able to measure your progress is always important like coach keith once said to me i'm sure he said it to you and he said it to everyone your progress has to be measurable you know you, you can't just say you know if, if you have a goal how do you measure that 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 goal and the progress of the goal? Uh, you know, getting to the goal. Um, you know, I could say, you know, next year I want to, um, you know, be a better artist. Okay, you know, is it measurable? Absolutely. Um, you know, and and you can watch that progress. And I think with growth and progress, you know, there comes a point where the ego has to be checked because if you're going back and you're looking at how bad you were at something it's jarring it it, it, it it's it's you know it's discouraging but 
I think it takes a special kind of individual to look at those those follies and and mess ups and say, okay, how do I get better at this? You know, and, and you know, when do I start? It's like, you know, can I can I start right now? I'm looking at this right now. Get like, let me call a friend. Be like, meet me at the meet me at the park. Meet me somewhere. Like, I want to work on this move. Um, and then there are other times where you know you get someone. It's like they messed up and they're embarrassed behind. It's like, fuck, I don't want to look at that again. And then they just, I'm not good at that. Like me, invert, not my cup of tea. Like, I invert not by choice. I would do it because I have to do it. But if, if you say just willingly, all right, we're going to do some Grambies right now. And I'm going to say, no, the fuck I'm not. But in the middle of a roll, sure enough, it'll happen. But th- those are those things where it's like, I know for me, it's like, man, I don't ever want to work on fucking invert. I don't want to do Grambies. I want to do half Grambies, but it has to be done to get better. Just, yeah. You know, but progress. You bring an interesting point about uh, a couple of things there about measuring goals. So like the, the way that I approach jujitsu these days is like, am I doing what I can and not necessarily what I want to do or have to do, but like, am I doing what I can? So I do training you know, Monday through Saturday, because I'm capable of doing that. I, I I can get off of work, go to class and go to class and Saturday, wake up early, go to class. And then my body can still handle it. The And the way that I try to measure it is, okay, am I doing the classes that I can do and should do? And when I'm in there, am I doing what I intended to do? So it's like intention and capability is pretty important to make the uh, practice the best that it can be an example of that would be if i'm trying to stay on top and practice guard passing in the gi i have to learn how to break the grips and i have to be really intentional about that as part of my goal for the, that day and then just cardio i try to try to out not necessarily outpace everyone in terms of speed but i'm always trying to move 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 so bottom of side control if i stop moving in my head i think oh what am i doing here gotta keep moving so that's uh one example of how i think you can measure Am I doing the six days of practice that I can't? And then is my intention there? Most days it is. Sometimes it's not. The, the second thing that was kind of funny was that uh, when we're talking about uh, wanting to do a move, I have a friend, close friend, uh, Muhammad. He's one of our training partners. And he he wants to drill so bad that he he got some mats. And he's like, guys, let's set a time to just go to a park. <laughs> put, the, put the mat down on the park grass and we'll do some rolling. And it's awesome to have you know friends like that who – watch tape and want to do drilling outside of class, outside of the drilling that we already do. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the last part about the techniques that uh, are tough. Yeah. Grambing and inverting. uh, I actually ran into a little bit of complications where I recently got stacked funnily enough by Muhammad. He's about 170, and we're doing 30 second guard passing drills during our speed drill warmup. So we had already done all the push-ups, all the sit-ups, all the side to side. Now you got 30 seconds to pass the guy's guard. <gasps> okay. I'm on bottom and he pulls my legs up and goes for the stack. For, he goes double unders. And then he kind of bends my back a little bit. And I feel not a pop, but a kind of a compression. And I'm a small guy. I'm only like, I'm a buck 28, right? I'm like five, five, buck 20. So small guy. Inverting is not really a problem. But when you get a guy who's a lot bigger, 50 extra pounds coming down on the back, it's tough. So how that gets into it is the rest of the week. <clears throat> my back was slightly injured. So I said, Coach Keith, hey, 
My back is hurting. It's hot to the touch. I'm not sure what to do. He said, drill, maybe not smart. Take it easy. When I do any type of flow rolling, I'd notice when I get to the invert position and I have to move out of there. That's because of my, 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 my um, pain at this point. But a lot of other people, that might just be regular every day. You know, uh, some of our athletes, some of our training partners are, you know, in their 30s and their 40s, 50s. One of my training partners is Chris Tran's father. He's about mid-70s. And I drill with him Tuesday, Thursday. And so the body, its capability changes over the years. And even temporarily, I'm starting to feel, okay, here are some moves that I do all the time that I can't do. Time to change the jujitsu. And I think it's interesting that um, everybody's got different toolbox that they can use. Some of the tools are, are fun. Flexibility is fun until you can't use it anymore. That's when the technique has to come in. So those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to the ideal of getting getting the reps in where you can and, and just training with intents, I, I think, you know, that's a very, very very important thing is the intent. I used to come into class and I would have to remind myself as I'm, you know, step onto the mat, drill with purpose. You know, everything that I do has to have purpose. Otherwise, what am I doing? There'd be some days like I'm just there just to kind of be there. Like I'm there to learn, but you know, I'm not like really like aiming at anything. Then there are other days where I come in, it's like, look, I know I need to work on, you know, I get stuck you know, in, in bottom side control, you know, like, like very many people, I need to work on not even getting there. Don't even, you know, so the intent of the day is to, you know, just make sure you keep moving, don't get there. So it's like, I, I think it's always important to know when you're going into training, you know, what your purpose is for that day, you know, what you're looking to achieve. And, you know, overall, it's going to make you a better martial artist. Just, outright yeah the the purpose thing is is tough for um for a lot of people who uh just kind of want to go with the flow and the i guess the the pros and cons of going with the flow is that one it's it's almost always just fun if you're if you're enjoying Mm -hmm. it then you're just coming and and having a new thing pop up it's like oh my gosh we're doing delhi oh my goodness we're doing bread cutters we're doing this this that it's can be overwhelming but it's usually just fun because like oh okay we're doing this today cool the the con of going with the flow is that that there's no focus and direction so i almost think of life like uh you gotta have some sort of direction and like a gps i use gps all the time and mm-hmm. even if i know where i'm going mostly so that i can know what time am i gonna get there is there any traffic right now what's gonna happen Same here you know what i mean and that gives me direction and the cool thing is if i have direction and i'm responsible for getting there whatever time I can pick the detours that I want to do. So knowing where I need to go, knowing where I, uh, how I can get there, I have the freedom. So same with jujitsu. If I know my goal is to be able to pass the guard, I can choose whether I want to go inside or go outside or do some crazy, stupid stuff. Hopefully not. And going with the flow is almost like being in a passenger of the car and you're not driving it. It's like, okay, coach is having us do this today. All right, here's what's going on. But I like to be more active and more, how do you say, uh, in control. So I want to be in the driver's seat. I want to know where we're going. And sometimes when things happen during a scramble, 
those transitionary periods, that's when there's a detour that, and you don't know how you're going to get there. The internet goes like, oh crap, I got to wing it. I got to figure out it's rainy and there's a lot of people uh, on the freeway and I can't see what's going to happen. So going with the flow is cool. It'll take a little bit longer to, to learn all the stuff, but it's mostly fun. So I, I chose to uh, study but also try to have as much fun as possible. And uh, having a purpose is almost like a mini game for yourself. It's like, okay, how fast am I going to pass this guy's guard? That's a mini game. Am I going to use this one pass that coach was teaching us last week? And then the competitions, the all is the biggest game because that that's where the stakes are highest and, and people are watching and everything uh, that, that GPS is almost off. And now you're just on the freeway and, and uh, it's like you, you're on the racetrack. Now you got to beat this other guy who's trying to get the same objective as you. So uh, just have fun is what I try to do. With you competing, yeah, I know that's it, our our gym sometimes get this reputation of being a competition gym. Like, and you know, there are times where I feel like that's just not completely accurate. We have a lot of competitors for sure. But um, I don't think our gym is primarily like you have to compete. You know, if you don't compete, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's because I, I, I know some gyms that are kind of that way, unfortunately. But for you with competing, when you came into this, did you, even though you're a student of, you know, just uh, the body and, 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 you know, martial arts, coming into this, did you think to yourself, you know, I'm just going to come in here, you know, to really take this in and you know you know was there any intent to compete like in your mind early on or did you just come in thinking let's just see where it goes yeah i think to be completely honest i i i joined the gym uh because i've heard you know so many benefits of jujitsu you know of course listening to joe rogan and and uh having a couple of rock stars in in the media that do jujitsu some of my favorite bands they were they were practitioners so when i joined the gym it was mostly to get up out of a depressive funk that i was in during during covid you know 2020 2021 it was kind of crazy for everybody i was especially going through a hard time and i needed some way to make some friends and and build a local community that I can have some fun in because i recently moved from hawaii and I did not immediately think of competing. I didn't know that there was a competitive element to jujitsu. I just thought it was a martial art that people did, just like traditional martial arts. You know, I never really thought of competing. It was just learn how to control your body and study, you know, these uh, these things and gain wisdom from it. So, in the first, I don't know, three months, I was going six days a week, training some Muay Thai for striking. And then doing some jujitsu for grappling. And I would do the gi and the no gi. I just wanted to be out of the house, really. Because I was working from home and I didn't have friends. So I needed to build some sort of community. And it was almost impossible to do that in person when the lockdowns were happening. And I didn't really know where to go. So I didn't know if I wanted... I didn't know that competing was an option. Coach Ronnie asked, hey, you ever thought about competing? And I think that was the same day that I was like, hey, maybe I should compete. So the stars aligned on the same day. I was thinking about it, and the coach asked. And then I signed up for a grappling industries tournament in July of 2021. 
And then I had maybe four or five weeks to prepare for that. And I had a goal. It had the intention, right? So okay, when I came to class, I knew, okay, I wanted to figure out what the heck the rules were. Actually, no, no, no. When I was two months white belt, I had no idea what the rules were. I just had to figure out how to, how to, you know, do nothing. I had no idea what was going on that day, I swear. It was, it was, the rules weren't even a thing when I was a two month white belt. I just had to figure out how to shrimp, how to move my body and how to sweep maybe. In any case, competing at Crazy 88 for Crazy 88 is a small section. I don't know what the metric is. It might be 10% of the student you know, population or maybe even fewer. There are a lot of competitors, but if you think about the amount of people in the advanced class or maybe even in the basic class that actually compete, there might be a handful of people. Um, so actually the coaches went over this with us, uh, a month or two ago before the world championships, they said, Hey, we got three locations, but out of all those locations, we really only have a room of 30, maybe 40 total from the three locations that are, that are fighting and training to compete. And even smaller section of that is actively competing. And the smaller section of that is adult, you know, or something like that. So out of the entire class population, Dante, there were 42 students in our Nogi class last week at Severna Park. And they split it. The, uh, half was intermediate class, you know, phase belts and up. And then the other half was pure white belts. I think maybe 24 of them were just pure white belts. Maybe they had a couple of stripes, but just learning Nogi. The other half was intermediate, another 20. And maybe out of that 20, there might have been like six that compete. So six out of 42, that's like one seventh. I don't know what that percentage is, but it's not everybody. So to wrap it all up, I didn't know that competing was an option. I had an inclination to do it. And then I went to train for the next however many weeks and I got sucked right in. I kept doing it. And now that I'm competing more and doing regional tournaments, it's the most fun that I have. It's uh, the, the preparation and the, the, the training. And usually the biggest relief is when the fights are over because all the adrenaline is building up all the, all the anxiety and all the fighting and the actual pain. The biggest pleasure that I get from competing is the improvement. And then finally that rest is like, oh my goodness, it's done. But then you got to go to the next, you got to go to class on Monday and then it all starts again. So enjoying the process and uh, just getting into that group. It's not for everybody and everybody doesn't do it. But the fact that we're trying to improve helps bring everybody up in, in the room. So the white belts and blue belts are crazy 88 and purple belts, brown belts, black belts. They're at a much higher level because the way that we judge ourselves is not necessarily by competition results per se, but it's uh, linked to how well that we can perform and who can perform within the group. Uh, if you can compare the people who go two days a week, these guys get to train with people like us who train six days a week. So they they get really good training partners by, by going with the competitors full speed, you know? Uh, and out of the gyms, if nobody competes, then it's just slower pace. It'd be like learning how to drive on the back roads. You just kind of cruise. But then once you go in the freeway, you go in the middle of the city, you got to learn how to parallel park, got to go left, right, up, down, rainy, snowy, whatever. That's when you learn how to drive. And competition is where you learn how to fight. I like that comparison there with the uh, driving. Because that is, that is 
very, very um, spot on. I think with with our gym, you know, one of the things that I enjoy about it in, in this aspect of it is I'm one of the guys that come in maybe once or twice a week um, if, if, you know, if, if I'm feeling squirrely. And, you know, coming in there, there's never – I've never, ever felt this – this sense of like, you know, I come in and I'm not welcome. You know, if I haven't been there in, in a month and I show back up, you know, it's, it's open arms. And it, that's always, I think that's jujitsu in general, but, you know, I'm speaking bias because it's our, it's our gym. So I can say what I want. <laughs> but, um, you know, you know, I come in and it's like, oh, shit, Dante, you know, like, like Severna Park. I've, I haven't trained at Severna Park in, I want to say, over a year up until, uh, you know, when I recently showed back up for uh, Coach Mike's no-gi class. And, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, I see Ronnie. He gives me the head nod. You know, you know, Mike comes over and he's like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you made it, made it in tonight. Uh, I, I, and I will be back. I, I had a groin injury back in April. And... It started getting better, and then I showed up to no gi. But um, when, when we get, you know, you know, people coming back to the gym, it's always a welcome invite, you know. And you know, I, I think one of the currencies that we have there at the gym, too, it's not about your win-loss record in competition. It's about how you are as a person, as a training partner. You know, if, if you have a willingness to, you know, learn and and let's say let's say you and i rolling i'm much heavier than you i probably got you by 100 pounds about 90 and you're like look i'm getting ready for a competition as a good training partner it's like all right well you know what do you need to work on what do you need from me to help you get better um and honestly there might not be a whole hell of a lot just because of the size difference but you know there's some small you know things we could drill and stuff like that but that's i think you know one of the the things that you know kind of gives us the value at our gym as teammates is like you're willing to help someone else get better i don't actively compete but i know that you do so i'm going to do what i can to help you get better you know and cuz i've had you know training partners like i trained uh with Baird uh before uh before he got injured i can't remember which uh comp but he was like you want to work on anything and i was like dude you're about to compete like like whatever you need to do you let me know and somehow ended up with his foot in my mouth and then i was kind of like oh i made a mistake <laughs> like, like i should have been drilling something but but yeah it, it's all family there it's all love and, and and I think that's, again, just some of the most important stuff about a jiu-jitsu gym in itself, specifically ours, is that, you know, being a good teammate and, and you know, never making anyone feel like they don't belong. Because for a lot of us, that is the only place that we feel like we belong. And, and the second that you're made to feel mm -hmm. like you don't belong, that's when we run into, you know, a problem as to why, why you're there and what, you know, what they're doing or what they're saying to you. So when, when you first went in to compete and, and you got out there on those mats, not even like the lead up to it, but like, just once you got out there on the mat to compete, what, what was that like for you? Like what, what was going through your head? 
I'll tell you, Dante, I, I didn't warm up. <laughs> you know, there, there's so many things that uh, that I resonate with with what what you just said about um, about the team and preparing the competition. But to make it short, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I bowed in, went onto the mat, and I was fresh, cold. You know, once I got the tried to get my grips, I had no idea what was going on. I think the dude put me in the X guard, and I had no idea what the heck that was when I was like a three month white belt and I probably got choked out in like 80 seconds, like a little over a minute. I got swept and then went to side control and then he got my collar and then did something and I tapped. And I remember he got his hand raised and I was like, man, that was pretty awesome. So in terms of the body, I made the mistake of not warming up and then I didn't know how to do jujitsu. I still don't really know how to do jujitsu too much, but the, the fighting was just so much craziness. And after that, I remember that they always say your forearms are just destroyed because the grips, you don't know how to do the grips. And I think I got submitted three times that first competition. I lost to the choke in the first one. I got hit with an arm bar in the second one. And then the third one, I actually won with a, a Bustamante sweep, a girl sweep. And I won by two points. The fourth one, I got I got armbarred on the same arm, and so it hurt, and I, I scream tapped on that one. So I left with the one and three record, but I was happy that I got the sweep on the guy and won the match. And afterwards, I thought, all right, what's next? So the the white belt competitions are crazy because little things that we don't know or that they don't know to do. Hey, um bring a change of underwear, <laughs> bring some water, bring some headphones so you can pump yourself up, bring some snacks, warm up a lot before you, you know, break a sweat before you get on the mat and bring a change of clothes, you know, these types of things, uh, you know, all the preparation, you just kind of learn by doing and everybody has their own journeys. But at the gym itself, like, like you were talking about the practice before a competition and working with people like Bear Bailey or, or, or Mark Romos, the, um, the environment really is a team. So uh, Crazy 88 as a team with three different locations. Yeah, we have three locations, but we're all under the Crazy 88 umbrella under Julius Park and Keith Sabula and Vanessa Griffin, everybody. The cool part about that is at these uh, at these in-house tournaments, like we, we just had one for the kids in May, and uh, kids from three different locations came to fight and support the the world championships, you know, for a charity event. And now in July, I believe it's Saturday, July eighth, we're going to be having an adult white belt in house tournament, where mm. the the adult white belts and the phase belts are going to be fighting to fundraise money for the kids pan championship, uh, for the children and their parents. You know, they have to fly over to Florida, and it's a lot more expensive because the parents are are coming too, right? So you're you're basically tripling the the, the cost for a competitor for flights and hotels. And so all the white belts or a lot of white belts, I hope from three different locations are going to come in and just duke it out white belt style. And the crazy part, well, the fun part is that they're going to be blue belt super fights. And I believe it'll be Gi for IBJJF rules, no Gi ADCC rules. And so I'll be, I've already been challenged by one of my female teammates, which is hilarious. Um, by Ari, Arisha Akram. So, I'll be fighting her probably in Gi, and we'll make it. We'll make it a fun show, and it's for the kids. So, 
to, to wrap that all up, the competition part is the results come from everybody that trains, whether it's the people that come one or two times a week, like, like you might do, or six days a week, like me or my, 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 my training partner, uh, you know, Christian Thomas. Right. And so there are people that have all these different types of, uh, how do you say they're capable of training more, but we still need the people who come in once a week, twice a week and they help us out and we help them out too, because they can learn the pace of someone who's trying to go fast. And about us being a team, we've got those all, all those locations. We're all into Crazy 88, fighting for a cause. And even just these these little in-house tournaments show that we're not doing it just for one individual, but we're doing it for everybody and helping out. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, when it comes to just this ideal of the team and the three different gyms, you know, you think like, oh, well, you know, everyone's separate. Everyone does their own thing. And it's like, well, no, we're, we're, we have our own things, but we're still uniform under umbrella where it comes to this, you know, family feel, you know, like you said, we're doing this for the kids. We're, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, making it fun. You know, it's not like, okay, you know, you got challenges. not like, oh, oh, really? You challenging me, you know, turn this into like a, a serious thing. It's like, nah, go have some fun with it. And I think that's what jujitsu, you know, should be. You know, I have some people get in my comments sometimes, you know, if I post a video and it's a fun video, someone having fun and people are like, oh, that we didn't work or, oh, that's so stupid. It's like, dude, just have fun. Why, like, why are you on the internet? Like, why, why are you here? Like, why are you doing anything if you're not, if you're not trying to have fun? Like, that's I think one thing that and I could sense it in you and in, in myself. I, I'm kind of similar in like not a lot of stress, you know. It's like there's this stress, but it's like you don't let the stress control you. Um, you know, a big part of that is having fun. You look for the things to have fun with, and like unfortunately, I make jokes at some of the most inopportune times, and. It's not that I'm trying to be a jerk. It's just sometimes, you know, there's an opportunity. It's observation. It's like, oh, my God, there's a joke just waiting to happen. But but that that's part of that, you know, having fun and not being stressed. So, you know, my hat's, you know, off to you just with your journey and just everything that you, you've done. Because like you're saying, you were working from home and, you know, it's like I have no sense of community right now. Like, you know, that depression starts to set in and. And it's like that's where stress starts to like rip you apart. And then you're like, man, I need to figure this out. What like what do I do? You found something and 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 I think the thing to having found, you know, jujitsu and and you know, really, you know, turn things around is you know, it's instrumental in the whole relieving of the stress, whether it be, hey, I'm gonna go fight my friends today, you know, or you know, we, we used to have open mat at Severna Park right before COVID and maybe a little after uh, we opened back up on, on Sunday mornings. I would open the gym up and it, it was really just for me, just the drill. <laughs> like, like, sure, you guys can come along, too, but I'm just here to drill over and over and over and over. That was that stress reliever. And then, you know, every so often you get someone and like, hey, let's just roll for an hour and a half or two hours. And, but it's like it's all in like in any of it. There's like 
you know, you're looking to have fun with it. You're looking to minimize the stress. You're looking to keep yourself sane in this crazy world. Kai, the world is crazy. We, we need to keep our, our shit together. Where you're yeah. at now, uh, you know, with, you know, getting promoted to Blue Belt and training six days a week, you know, I know you mentioned earlier, you know, having the back injury. Hey, have you had any other kind of nagging injuries that, you know, we've trained so much or have you been taking care of yourself pretty well to stay away from things like that? Yeah. I mean, there are on every part of my body, there's all kinds of things. So how do I want to do this to frame the, to frame this part of the discussion? I'm a, Pretty young dude. I'm about 25, buck 28, 5'5", five five, and I've been doing sports since I was like five years old. So I'm pretty strong for my size. I don't regularly do strength and conditioning, but I have decent cardio, and I'm able to move a lot of weight for my body size, especially because I'm always training with everybody bigger than me. All, all, the, all the people that I train against with are taller than me for sure. They might be heavier than me as well. So... I have a pretty good core from from my body. Now, for injuries, usually they happen because of things getting things moving when they shouldn't, right? Like a finger, or you know, um, or things being moved in ways they shouldn't, like a like an ankle or a foot or a knee. So, the most recent injuries that I've had are little boo boos. Would be like my my middle back by being stacked, and even some competition things like. Each of the competitions that I've had this year, I've had something happen. So my first blue belt competition in January, I think I got hit with a like a foot lock that went sideways. So my ankle and my knee was hurting for maybe a week. In Dallas, I got armbarred really hard, but I escaped. And uh, it was actually a triangle armbar. And I was able to escape. And so my right elbow has been, it was kind of wrecked for, you know, maybe a month or two. Now I don't really feel it that much. In this last competition we did last week, somehow... Uh, my right knee got injured. Maybe I was getting knee barred in Nogi or something like that. Uh, but the biggest injuries that I've had, I believe, would be my uh, my right my right ring finger uh, got sprained pretty hard doing warm ups after competition. I I won gold in IBJF Atlanta, and then I came the next day, and then I sprained my finger during a warm up where my, we were doing side to side outside passing drills. My finger went inside my partner's gi pant, and I moved, but my finger didn't. And I heard a, <laughs> and I couldn't really move it. And I went to urgent care. They said it wasn't broken, but it was sprained. I had to buddy tape it for like a year. It was like, and now I can finally move it back left and right without any pain. So stupid little injuries in the joints. I had cauliflower ear for the first time last year, and I got it drained and stitched up. And I remember that week was so annoying because this is a little weird, but like uh, when my ear got cauliflower, it was in the canal. So like the inside of the, or the closest part to the hole swelled up like a balloon. So that yeah. meant that the, the canal was a little bit smaller. So water got trapped in there. Uh, like, you know, when I, when I would take a shower or something. So I had a, my ear was hurting because of the cauliflower, but then there was like water in my ear. And then I actually got I, I actually got a little bit sick. I caught a cold after that. At the same time, when they when they fix up the ear, you know, they drain it, they put stitches in. 
it's very hard to sleep when because uh, I sleep on my sides and I like sleeping on my right side. So that's the ear that was stitched up. I had not a lot of sleep and nagging things in my head. Uh, but to sum it up, I try to stay. I try to get seven and a half hours of sleep to rest. I'm starting to do ice if I need to on certain joints, which I didn't do before. I'm also trying to, uh, after class, I'm typically seen on the side of the mat, like with my feet up on the wall, trying to stretch out, uh, you know, my groin or, or extend, you know, my back a little bit and just a little bit of TLC on my body after class and then trying to get enough sleep. I've, I've stopped drinking caffeine for about four months and I'm less anxious and I'm able to sleep better. Dante, I swear, I was, I was getting like nine hours of sleep, but I'd wake up feeling exhausted. So now that I'm able to actually rest, even with less sleep, like, you know, six or seven and a half hours of sleep, I'm trying to do it on that 90, you know, that 90 minute sleep cycle type of thing. I try to game the system a little bit. Even on days where I have six hours of sleep, I feel okay. I might need to take a little nap, but I don't feel train wreck destroyed like I used to. So trying to have a, a decent sleep, a little bit of ice, a little bit of stretching, and then just doing... Staying in the the training helps my body stay uh, up to up to speed in shape. I mean, it sounds like you know as, as your journey is continuing and as you're growing as a martial artist, you're learning along the way. You know, I mean, like I said, you're 25. I mean, you know, you want to make sure you know as you're 25 and and you're getting older. You know, at some point, you know, that 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 25 year old body will become a 30 year old body and how you treated it at 25 will play heavily into how it feels when you're 30. I wish I would have known that back then because I wasn't stretching. I wasn't icing. I was just going. And then I come home, take a shower, maybe get on the treadmill and then play some video games like, man, I feel good. I'm going to train again. At, at, at one point, I, I was I was a six day a week trainer as well. At one point, and it, it you know it didn't nothing phased me mentally about it. it. Just seemed right. And then one day, it was just like, huh, that doesn't feel good. All right, maybe we'll be five days a week. That also doesn't feel good. Maybe we'll be four days. Fuck, that hurts too. Now, nah, how about three days? And then you go back up to four thinking, all right, everything's good. And oh, shit, maybe it's not. Now we're back down to two. So uh, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you have, you know, kind of recognized, you know, the, the the need to take care of your body, especially at a young age, because some of us, we figured out too late. I'm 45. So for me, it's like I slept wrong the other night. <laughs> My back was hurt like a son of a bitch all day. And uh, if I get into the car wrong, my knee gets funky and it swells up. And it's like, damn, dude, like all of this shit's avoidable or it was avoidable. And it, it can still be avoided now. But, I, you know, I'm old and cranky. I, I yell at kids that run on my front lawn sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I got the ring cam. My cam goes. I'm like, what? And I speak to the cam. Get off my lawn, you kids. And yeah. my daughter's like, Dad, stop yelling at my friends. You're next. You're so, next. Um, that, 
that is interesting though, because the um the injuries and whatnot, they're it's usually little stupid nagging things that pop up, but the uh I guess the main thing is recognizing that like you said in the beginning, we're not perfect. So our body is not gonna stay in, in the best condition. And if we think about it like the car analogy where competition is driving in the rain and the sleet and the snow, you gotta make sure your car is good, make sure your tires are good, make sure your, your oils are checked, make sure well, not the oils. Don't check, don't check other people's oil in the gym. But uh um make sure everything is good with your car and give the right fuel and sleep, all that stuff. I learned that as you know, uh we're in the gym probably because with competition, you gotta have peak performance, right? You wanna have peak performance. So you do habits that make you have better performance. So you sleep more or you sleep right, you measure your what you're eating and, and avoid eating bad things. You start implementing things. And then all of a sudden you start talking to other people in the gym and then they give you some ideas and then you give them some ideas. And they say, Oh, I never tried that before. So interestingly enough for my back, I injured my lower back and my middle back. And so I asked one of my teammates, Michelle, she, she has, you know, some injuries. Um, I think she has some things going on with her lower back. And so I asked her, Hey, what have you, I've had this thing going on. What are you doing? She says, oh, you do this, this, and that. You you sleep with the pillows underneath your legs. It extends out your back, and you put some ice on it. And I said, oh, I've been doing everything that your PT person said not to do. Right? I've been trying to stretch it, trying to trying to put my knees next to my ears. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just crazy. And she said, no, no, no. It's, um, it's things like that conversation between, like, me, a competitor, and Michelle. She doesn't compete as much. But she was able to give me some ideas that I was then able to give to some other teammates. And now our backs are fine. <laughs> so uh, it's just interesting where the melting pot of jujitsu is able to help everybody improve and get better. And that's what I love about it. Love Crazy Idiot so much. Absolutely. Same here. And hearing that tidbit on the back, now I'm like, you know what? I was aware of it, but I never, ever, like, I, I remember the other night laying in bed and thinking, I put the pillow under my knees, I should be fine. And I was like, but I'm already here and I'm comfortable. So, and the thing is, I'm thinking about the, the comfort at the moment, not think about the discomfort in the morning when I'm waking up. So I was like, yeah, I'll be okay. And I woke up and I was like, motherfucker, why didn't you just do it? And here we are. But, but yeah, I, I think jujitsu as a whole is, is great, you know, for, for so many different reasons. And our gym in itself, I, I think, is, you know, just a perfect collection of, you know, individuals who compete, who don't compete. And that's that's just, I think the thing is where, you know, people might think our, our gym is a, a competition-heavy school is, like, I think competitors are a lot more vocal on social media. So that's what you see versus the ones who aren't. Because I, I come across a lot of Crazy 88 um uh, grapplers that don't compete, and I'm like, who, oh, who the hell is this? Like, oh, that's there's another, and it's like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 I, I know you, I know you, but it's like everyone who competes, though, it's like, I know you, it's like, hell, I have a folder for a repost that's specifically titled, you know, Crazy 88, and every so often I'll put a post out from, you know, someone at a competition or something, and you know, um. It's kind of a rotating, you know, thing. Though. It's you know, you know, kind of the same people. So again, for the thought of our school being a competition-heavy school, it's like, well, really, there's kind of the same like twelve 
or so people that I have, you know, and, and not even that many, I don't think. It might be eight, you know, people that's like, okay, cool, here we go. I got I got them set for this. But I love that everyone is helpful to each other. I love that, you know, everyone's respectful to each other and and just our coaches in general, I think you know, we have, you know, some of the best coaches just in the sense of understanding martial arts, understanding life. I mean, you know, Master Julius, you know, when he was filling in when we were still Ivy League, you know, he filled in um, for for a couple of weeks and he had brought up, you know, an analogy about, you know, our ranks. And it's like, you know, you can, you know, be a really, really good white belt and then you will eventually get promoted to blue belt. And then you have to ask yourself a question, you know, as you, as you're a blue belt and you're really, really good. Do you want to be the best blue belt and, and just hold that forever? Or do you want to move to purple belt? You know, you know, you have to start asking yourself these questions as you go along this journey. It's like, what do you want to do next? Do you want to just stop? Cause I know there's always the joke, you know, blue belts quit, you know, blue belts, you know, will quit. You know, as soon as someone gets a blue belt, they're quitting. It's like people quit period. I know. I know quite a few purple belts who quit. I know a couple of brown belts who quit. You know, no oh, handful of white belts, like a whole, like two handfuls of white belts that have quit. I actually know more blue belts that, you know, I know fewer blue belts that have quit, actually. But, you know, that's the running joke. But the thing is, is like once we're there at blue belt, as we both are, it's like the question becomes, you know, do you just want to be, a, you know, really good at that rank? And just hang out there, you know, like that that uh, that guy who graduated high school, but he still hangs around the, the school, <laughs> like that, right, that's right, the, right. the old blue belt, <laughs> right? Just hanging so, out there, just reminiscent about yeah. the days. Right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, one time, you know, you know, when I first got my blue belt, I did this, or when I was a white belt, I did this. Is like, you know, and you know, you always want to have those memories, but I think on our journey, we should be moving to points where it's like talking about you know, what you're doing now at, you know, late in your blue belt stages or early in your purple belt stages, or, you know, you know, just growing and fostering, you know, a, a community that, that appreciates, you know, what it has. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So Kai, this has been great. And I, I, I got your text. I know there's some other things. I, I've already made some documents. I'm like, look, I'm going to have this dude back on. We're about to talk some Dragon Ball Z. So I got a few hey. other uh, guests who, who are big into Dragon Ball Z. I'm always like, yo, I'm going to have you back on. We're going to talk because I don't have a whole lot of knowledge on it. So I, I, I need I need that info. Hey, hey, Coach Coach Mahoney, you know, he's he's big into it. I, I need to reach out to him. I actually need to just reach out to him in general. Um, He just had, you know, his MMA debut and fatherhood's yep. upon his life so yeah, yeah. reach out to him like oh man like how's it going let's talk like get him back on yeah. here as well um but before yeah. we get out of here kai do you have any shout outs or mentions that you'd like to drop yeah i'll shout out uh coach danny mahoney just who you're talking about he actually was one of my he's like my jiu-jitsu older brother him and chrissy mahoney are like you know auntie and uncle you know what i mean like they mm -hmm. uh they really helped me in my in my first couple of of uh months during jiu-jitsu and then you know competing i would be a roommate with with mahoney and then um you know chrissy would help me out with a lot of day-to-day -day things in jiu-jitsu but it's funny because uh he and i both love dragon ball and dragon ball z so we're always talking about it and uh it's just interesting that uh he he had a couple big milestones like his first uh 
pro MMA fight and then becoming a father soon. But yeah, for, for other shout outs, you know, Master Julius, Coach Keith, uh, Christian Thomas is one of my one of my favorite training partners. And then Brandon Timmons, Arisha Akram, you know, we are we are traveling from all these different locations in Maryland to go to Savannah Park and then all the way up to Owings Mills and then going to Elkridge. So we are, you know, almost following Coach Keith going to these three different locations. And I wouldn't be where I am without those. And then a whole bunch of other people, you know, Coach Ronnie Maskea and Mark and Mohammed, Brand Neps and Mike Morano and uh, everybody there. So the, the big takeaway here is that it really is a team. It takes so many people just to create uh, one person. And that person impacts a bunch of other people, impacts a bunch of other people. And it's really fun. I'm really happy, you know, even to meet someone like you, Dante, when uh, I still remember rolling with you. It was, we were doing King of the Hill like two years ago in a no-gi class. And I remember I saw your blue no blue rash guard, and I had my white rash guard. And I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. And you said something like, "You got a low center of gravity, you can move fast." I think I got swept anyways, but I still remember you know us rolling a handful of times. Hey man, like I said in the beginning, just just seeing you out there, I thought I was like, "But this dude is here. He means business. This isn't just a, a, a hobby for him. He's here to learn. He's here to grow and get better." So. You know, one thing I definitely want to say, just, um, you know, a big part of like, like I said, when I returned to that Nogi class and I saw you and, you know, just, you, you know, you're, you're helping other guys out there. And, you know, I looked, I was like, dude, I'm proud of this dude. Like, I, I got to sit down and talk with him because, I, you know, I just want to, I want to get inside and know about him, want to know what's going on. And, and just ultimately, again, just want to let you know, I'm proud of you, man. I'm happy to see that you're still doing it. I'm, I'm happy to see, you know, you're helping with the kids now. You know, even in the no gi class, I felt bad because I think uh, you were helping someone, and then I kind of chimed in. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, let me shut the hell up because you know, here I am, haven't you know done this in so long, and you know, like you're active, you're like here, so it's like you know what the hell you're talking about. You know, for all I know, my information might have been way outdated. I was like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, do this," and then I was like, "Shit!" Like, like just like stand back, let Kai do his thing. So. I'm happy for you, man, and I, I'm very, very happy to see your continued uh, growth and, and progress throughout jiu-jitsu and see where it's going to take you. And, you know, we definitely want to have you back on and, you know, just, you know, take the chain wheels off and let's just like, get loose and just start having fun and cracking some jokes. Um, yes, and sir. Just do the podcast thing. Uh, and for everybody else out there listening, as always, thank you. Do appreciate all the support. I appreciate, you know, just just that the people listen to this podcast is fucking weird to me. But thank you. I appreciate you. I love you guys all. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, criticisms, always feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on bjj.wiki on Instagram. You can find me on Off the Mats Podcast on Instagram. You can find me at a lot of different places on Instagram. I got like 14 Instagram accounts. Uh, only 10 of them are actively running because Instagram only allows you to do 10 at a time. But I got some other ones, you know, just in case they delete some accounts. Um, I want to give a big shout out to my crew over there at Nerd Rage Radio. Bobby, Chris, Joe, Marilyn, Phil, Ricky Tiki, uh, uh, Raul, uh, uh, you know, all the fellas over there. Thank you for everything. Without them, I wouldn't be doing podcasts. Marilyn Phil is a, is a frequent guest on this podcast. And so you like horror, which is my horror movie podcast. He He's actually been on quite a bit, so much so that you might think that it's his podcast now. So shout out to those fellas. Thank you for everything. Also want to give a shout out to my other podcast I just mentioned. So you like horror. So if you like uh, horror movies and things like that, go give it a listen. 
We've been doing horror through the decades. We're on a bit of a delay with the 80s, but it's coming. But in the meantime, go check out the Evil Dead Rise episode that Marilyn, Phil, and I just recorded. It does get a little distracting because we start talking about a billion different things, but we do bring it back to base and talk about the movie. It's a fun time. It's always a fun time. And uh, another shout out here to my guest, Kai. Thank you for making the time to do this. Thank you for sharing your story and your experience. It, it, like I said, it is fascinating to see just where you came from, you know, in that beginning up to current. Now it's like, you know, watching the little brother grow and saying like, you know what? I believe in this dude and seeing like, I was not wrong. I believe in the dude then. And here he is. Thank you. You know, for just everything that you do for our gym and, and, you know, just being a good dude in general. So big shout out there. And, Another big shout out here. Last big shout out to our to our gym, Crazy Eighty Eight. I don't shout us out enough. You know, Coach Keith, Master Julius, Coach Mike, Coach Ronnie, Coach Mahoney, Coach Epps, all you guys. You know, thank you for everything you guys do. If you listen and make it this far in the podcast, um, they, like that's a family. We go there, and you know. I recently went out to a, a pro wrestling event with, with Jeremy and, you know, Jeremy and I, we, we've only rolled together a couple of times, but we're at the wrestling yeah. event. You would have thought that we were like, we were best friends, like right. and just having a good time, cracking jokes and, and just laughing. So that, that just shows you it's like some, sometimes you don't even be connected with the cast like that, but then it turns out like what we have in common. Oh, we all train. Then you go beyond that and you find out, Oh, Wait a minute, we're into this too. We're all human. So, you know, big shout out to our gym and you know, thank you, everyone. You guys keep listening to the show and we're gonna keep making them. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. <laughs>